Welcome to the Compass Church Podcast with Pastor Tim Jacobs, a ministry of Compass Church, Goodyear, Arizona. Join us now as we look into God's Word to be challenged and changed. All right, our, our video team was able to uh, get that little clip in from last night, and obviously you guys thought that was pretty cool, so fun times. But the question there is, what position do you play? That is our question for this morning. We're in a series right now called Get Off the Bench. You can see it in big letters here. And our goal and our hope is over this series and actually throughout the rest of the year that you would be someone who would get off the bench when it comes to Compass Church, um, when it comes to what you're doing here, that you wouldn't just be someone who comes and sits down, but that you would find out what you're good at, find out how God has gifted you, and just go for it and you let God use your gifts and talents in incredible ways. We know that what makes a team great is when everyone knows what position they're supposed to play. So when I was in junior high, um, I've never really been a very good athlete, to be honest with you. I'm not the most coordinated guy. And so when I was in junior high, um, I played basketball. And um, on the team I was at, we were like in a park league or whatever. And so I'm playing basketball. And for whatever reason, um, I, just, I just couldn't like dribble the ball very well. I didn't have good ball control. I don't have very good depth perception. Um, in fact, when I, when I joined the Air Force um, a few years ago in the reserves, I, I passed every test except the depth perception test. I failed that test. And my son mocks me profusely for that. He's like, throws things at me. You're dad, you know. Um, and I can catch stuff okay, but just not that great. And so I, so, I mean, I would get the ball. So in a game, I get the ball and I just, like I have this kind of adrenaline problem, you know, and I would just be like, oh, I have the ball you know, which I know is shocking to you. And, and I would just like, I'd throw it over the backboard, I'd miss, because I just, I just didn't have that, that finesse, you know, that you need. So one day, we were, we were at practice, and I just, it's hitting me. I'm like, man, I'm just not getting this. And all of a sudden, this thought hit me, well, maybe if I can't make any baskets, maybe what I can do is I can stop other people from making baskets, right? That'll be my strategy. I'll just be this really great defensive player and I'll just, I will prevent everybody um, on the opposing team from getting back. So all of a sudden, I just clicked in, it just clicked in my head. And so we're, so we're running plays and we're doing little scrimmages and I'm just getting in front of these guys, have the ball, and I am all over them, man. I'm like, I got my hands up, I'm doing, and they are just getting completely frustrated. And my coach is like, Jacobs, what are you doing? Like, Where'd that come from? I go, I don't know. I just figured I can't really shoot very well, so I'm just going to try to stop other people from shooting. And he's like, yeah, keep, just go with that. Keep doing that. You know, it's kind of like the water boy, right? You know, you can't do anything. And like, hey, you can tackle people. So, so I'm, I'm like, I'm getting in people's faces. And all of a sudden he's like, dude, he's like, you, you are our defense, you know? And he gave me this beautiful nickname. He called me Maniac. That was like my favorite name in the whole world. I wore it with such pride. I still to this day, it's like the best thing anyone's ever called me. And I don't know how you ever could think I'd be called such a thing, but we'd be, you know, in the little huddle, and he's like, all right, Maniac, here's what's going to happen. Whoever gets the ball, you cover that guy. So that's our defense. That's how they ran defense. Like, whoever got the ball, I would just go up in front of that guy, and I'd just get all over him, and he'd be forced to pass it. Or if he'd shoot, I would just throw everyone off their game. And I was really good at that because I was able to somehow find, when I didn't think I had anything good to offer the game of basketball, I found somewhere in there a niche, a role that I could play. And in the same sense, how I felt at times like a fish out of water, many people feel like a fish out of water when they come to church because they're like, well, I'm not the pastor. I'm not very good at this. I'm not very good at that. Is there any place for me in such a place like this? Because I don't know about you, 
But for me, I've got to be totally engaged in something or I lose interest. If I can't play a big role, man, or if I can't play something that I feel at least is important, even if it's a supporting role, I just, I'm not, I don't really want to be a part of it, you know? And I think that's why a lot of people, quite frankly, are bored when it comes to church. Because they go, well, what are you asking me to do? You're, showing, you're asking me to show up and sit there and listen and nod my head and, you know, write a check and go do it and then leave. Is there more out there? And the answer is absolutely yes. And so that's the, the, what we want to talk about today. When it comes to Compass Church, what position do you play? So if you have a Bible, open it up to Romans chapter 12. It's toward the back in the New Testament. If you don't have a Bible, we can get you one. Just put on your card, I like a Bible, and we will get you a Bible. But really, quite honestly, in this day and age, the easier thing to do is you probably have a smartphone. You can download version on your smartphone. So you go, that's Y-O-U version. It's the best app out there. It's free, version. And you can get all these different Bible translations. We use the English Standard Version most of the time. So you get ESV. You can follow along that way. So go to uversion.com or just uversion on the App Store. And you should be able to get that. And all of the slides that you see today are on slideshare.net. And the reason I'm highlighting that today is because we're having connection group signups. And so a lot of times our connection groups have to do, when you get there, we, we, we talk about the subjects that we talk about in the sermon. So when you go to your connection group, um, if you're like, man, I, I, I didn't take notes very well, I don't remember, you could just, if you go to slideshare.net forward slash Compass Church, and you can download this, all these slides right here. You can view them, uh, every, everything that we have that we're putting up here. Um, for every sermon, you can download that, okay? So you should be able to go. And this great thing now is you can follow along now and you can see how many slides we have left before we're done, right? So that's good. That's what I would do if I were you. Um, I'm just being real. So in Romans chapter 12, what I want you to think, what I want you to think of this um, as is if you can imagine, you know, a coach kind of at the beginning of the season helping the team strategize about how the game is going to be played, how they're going to win, okay? That's really what the book of Romans is. Because you may not realize this, but the book of Romans is actually a letter written to a church in Rome. And it's a very young church. It's, it's younger than our church is now. And the people that go there, I got news for you. They don't have it all together. In fact, a lot of them, their lives are pretty messed up. And they're hearing the stuff we're going to talk about today. They're hearing this for the very first time. They don't know how, how the game is played. They don't know what the church is supposed to do. So if you can, as we read this passage, he, like Paul is going to be like a coach. The Apostle Paul is going to be like a coach telling the players. He's going to, first of all, first of all kind of talk to the guys that have kind of walked on like, okay, guys, you know, don't think of yourselves as too great because there are some people that were kind of thinking of, them, of themselves as, as pretty, you know, higher than they should. But everybody else, remember, you have a very important role. Everyone's made the team. Now we've got to figure out what positions we're going to play. And all the positions are important. It's really, so if you can read that with that thought in mind, you're kind of capturing what was meant by this. So if we start at verse 3, we'll read this, and then we'll just grab some stuff out of it, all right? This is what it says. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. So that's the ringers he's talking to. But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So God's given different gifts and different roles and whatever to different people. For as in one body we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. 
So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So if you weren't here last week, Dave talked about that a lot last week. So you can listen to that sermon, go online, listen to that, and get more on that. But that's kind of the extension of this. Now listen to this, verse 6. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Get out there and get going. Do something with them. And then he gives some examples of what these are. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, um, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So let me give you three things that are important about this. Number one, I have a spiritual gift. That's speaking about you. You say you have a spiritual gift. Every single person, if you have come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are given what's called a spiritual gift. Now it can correspond to your talent, your natural talent and abilities, and oftentimes it does, but it's kind of taken to another level because now you're dealing with eternal things. And now you're dealing with someone who's been set free and forgiven and able to almost... Um, Use your gift in a redemptive way. In other words, there, there have been people that, that maybe are like are great musicians or whatever, and um, maybe they've been using their music to glorify themselves. And then all of a sudden, like I remember, and there's, I'm, this is dating me a little bit, but there was, an, there was a, the old band Foreigner from like the 80s. Remember Foreigner? Some of you guys? Some of you younger people are like, that's foreign to me. Um, so you can Google Foreigner. And, and they used to have a really popular song called um, I Want to Know What Love Is, you know? want to know what love is. I can't sing it, but, uh, and it was a cool song, right? And it's kind of emotional, a little ballad kind of a song. Well, that guy ended up becoming a Christian, and it was so cool because I was at a big, one of these harvest crusade things years ago with Greg Laurie, and he sang, he got up and he said, you know, I'm a Christian now, I'm a believer, and I want to use my music for the glory of God, and he rewrote the words of that song, and he sang, now I know what love is. It was really cool. He's in the same song, but here's this, on this one side, this beautiful gift that had been kind of um, used just to kind of make money and, and reflect, you know, humanity, but then he came along with an answer, and that's kind of a cool illustration of how the, um, how the Spirit of God works, because he takes where you already are, but amplifies it even to greater and greater levels, because now the things you're doing have eternal significance in ways you never thought possible. And so there's several gifts, um, there are lists, lists of gifts in the New Testament, and what's important is not how many gifts there are, okay? Because some people go, well, there's, you know, is this a gift or this a gift? You know, are there eight gifts or there are nine gifts or there are 12? It doesn't matter. What matters is there are different types of gifts, and everyone has some, and not everyone has all of them. So if you go to our Life360 classes, which is our spiritual formation pathway here at Compass, so you could come in once a month, we have classes, and you can go to these classes and you can learn um, kind of what our church is about and what kind of what we want to do to how we want to help you grow as you move along with us. One of the things we do in Life360 is a spiritual gifts test 